My name is EJ, I'm the Managing Director of the Supper Club and it is a great pleasure to welcome you to the first in a three-part series where we'll be hearing from a brilliant set of entrepreneurs as they share their experiences, triumphs and failures that will help guide your business decisions when it comes to growth. This week we're exploring what makes a growth mindset, how to apply that to making smart business decisions and how that can create a culture that is primed for success. We'll be hearing from Edwina Dunn, co-founder of the data analytics company Dunhumby, famous for bringing us the Tesco club card, and who is now CEO of StarCount, Charlie Walker, founder of financial recruiter Harmonic Finance, and Sam Smith, CEO of city broker firm FinCap. So the first question we asked our entrepreneurs is what makes a growth mindset? So I'm going to start off by handing over to Sam, who can explain in her own words what that means to her. A growth mindset for me is all about, it starts with being self-aware. So what are, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, but always willing to look at how you can improve on your strengths and your weaknesses. So once you're self-aware, really growing with the role, always learning new things, always driving to improve, not looking at where your competitors are, just looking at how you can go one step beyond. So always thinking how you can improve. I'd define a growth mindset as being a commercial optimist, to be honest. It's about seeing opportunity where a lot of other people might see crazy risk, to be honest. Um, with Harmonic, I've kind of put my money where my mouth is, really, in terms of tying our fortunes to others with a growth mindset. You know, we don't deal with corporate large banks or you know FTSE listed businesses we deal with those companies that are undergoing change where they may be building towards an IPO um, those companies maybe where they've taken on a first series A or series B round so we'll succeed or fail based on the the vision and the fortunes of those entrepreneurs that are prepared to take those risks um, and those gambles. So I think applying the growth mindset of FinCap has been what has been very natural to me that we've always wanted to push the boundaries we've always wanted to go better than our competition we've always thought right how do we do something different how do we do something new it's about constantly coaching constantly going to leadership events constantly learning from other CEOs and other competitors in your space but other CEOs in other industries and just picking up those things that you think that might work for me I could do that that's great that's a really new thing I'll introduce that and just keeping that going with your team and making sure they're all part of it and they're sharing in those ideas. So the next question we asked our entrepreneurs was what was your biggest breakthrough decision in business? And up first, here's Ed Wiener, who was open to sharing her experiences. I think the biggest decision we made was um, when we went global, we had to find people to do what we did very well in the UK and we had to do it in multiple countries and we had to make sure we, we didn't we couldn't fail because we were working with the biggest players in the market and if we failed that was the end of it and our reputation would have been zero so what we had to do was make sure that we took our brightest people and persuaded them to go and live in another country for three years, um, which was quite, it's quite tricky. I mean, two things were really important. Three things were really important. 
One, we had people who were very excited about what we did and very ambitious. Um, number two is, you know, I discovered that British people love travelling. And so to go and live in another country for, for three years was not really seen as a hardship. It was seen as exciting. Um, the, the difficulty was, was, you know, we had to find two people that together would be fairly unbreakable. And so we put opposites together and I call that the power of two. So two people who weren't necessarily best friends, they might not even have very much liked each other. You put them together because they're opposites and they have opposite skills. One might be commercial, one might be technical, much as Clive and I were complete opposites. Um, you put them together and by doing so, you create something that is significantly better than the sum of the parts. And that power of two fueled our growth and meant that when we went to these different markets, we didn't fail. And what's remarkable is these two people were often quite young. They were maybe early 30s, maybe sometimes even late 20s. And it would always happen that, you know, the boss would ring me up after I'd sent them out and say, why have you sent me two children? And I'd say, well, I'm really sorry, I can send you older people, but they won't have more experience of working in our business and knowing what we do. And after a year, you know, they would be saying, they are staying, aren't they? Because we don't want anybody else. So that was the real moment where it could have gone horribly wrong. And we didn't follow a set mantra. We created our own, which was really, from my experience of knowing how strong the partnership between Clive Humby and myself was. I think my biggest breakthrough decision was in making the call to make the employer brand for Harmonic more authentic to me and my ethics. So I'm, I'm, I like making money um, and I'm relatively good at it, but I'm also unashamedly a bit of a champagne socialist. And with my first business, I found it quite challenging in the sense that um, I'd scaled it, but actually the employer brand and values are what I thought the market expected, um, rather than actually what felt true to, to me. In terms of how that's helped us scale, I think because of that authenticity, it's supercharged our talent acquisition. Um, and also our retention of colleagues into the business. Um, so historically I've been very reliant on ironically using other recruitment agencies to get talent in, whereas actually 90%, and I, I don't exaggerate here, have come from internal referrals from colleagues who they obviously believe in the vision and the growth plan that we've got. Um, I think largely because they trust and believe in our values. Biggest breakthrough, I mean, I've actually probably been two big breakthroughs. The first one was when we actually decided to MBO. Um, we'd been a division within a private client stockbroker for 10 years, and we, we were investing back our profits to grow that division, and we suddenly got to the point of saying, if we really want to scale this, we need to be separate. We need to have equity ownership for the business. We need to be incentivized and we spent three years trying to negotiate how we could buy that business out and be staff owned and move it forward. So that was a very big thing and that was 11 years ago now. The second thing was 
probably what happened after 10 years or so, we'd grown into a leading position in our market. And then it was about, well, how big is this market? We're now market leader. How much further can we go? And actually, should we be going into new markets? And that was quite a risky thing from what we'd done previously. It was suddenly going outside of our comfort zone. And that's what led us to our first acquisition of Cavendish late last year. We, we thought, right, we need, to, we need to do something different here. We need to go into a different area. And it's time to take a little bit of risk. The final question we asked our entrepreneurs was, what's the biggest lesson you've learned on how to build a growth culture? And up first, Sam Smith. At Fincap, employee ownership has been a massive part of developing the growth culture because it's meant they've they've bought into the vision, but being an owner, you see the vision differently. You're, you're totally vested in it. They get rewards from all the client wins in a different way that you do as a member of staff, as an owner. They share the journey. They they build long-term relationships with clients in a much better way than if they were just employees. So it's made a, a massive difference. It's a massive part of our culture. I think the really important thing is that you celebrate. You have a moment, an event, a party where you bring everybody together where people don't feel there's a strong hierarchy, you know, where people are realizing that, you know, I might be quite good at what I do and as a leader, but if you put me in a sports field and ask me to throw the javelin or play a game of tennis, I would probably lose. In fact, I definitely would. And when people realize that we're all good at different things and that it truly is a team, then I think people buy into it and it becomes really exciting. And I think it's that moment when people realise that you need them because they're good at something that you're not good at. It makes them feel they make a difference, they matter, you care about them. You can't fake that. It's really genuine. And then when they're on board and they feel part of it, it feels better for everyone. So we use a data visualisation and reporting solution for the business, which helps me to make useful commercial decisions on the business development and investment side of things. What's great about it though as well is that it also integrates with a team member monthly appraisal system. So through that we can set objectives, some of which are commercial, but a lot of which are linked to our three company values, knowledge, respect and community, where we can set specific objectives that we then subsequently tick off on the platform. That gives us a mechanism through which we can actually measure the delivery of these soft skills behaviours, that kind of thing, and then tie that to a bonus system through which people are remunerated. I think I've always done best with people who like growing and learning all the time. So, um, and the other thing I've always really loved is blending the older, experienced people with the young, fresh technologists, new talents, because they learn fast and they do things really, really fast. But you need both. And so getting that blend right and not making one better than the other. Thank you so much to Edwina, Charlie and Sam for sharing their insights. So much great advice in there. For more information on the growth mindset, head to thesupperclub.com and check out our AXA Insights page or put a link in the podcast description. 
And if you are interested in finding out more about the AXA Growth Leaders series and attending our next live event on the 4th of June, where we will be discussing health and well-being, you can get your free tickets on our website now. So look forward to seeing you then. And until next time, ta for now.